Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm going to jump right into uh, my first topic of discussion because it has been uh, a major news story this week. I'm sure I have nothing (laughs) or not a lot to add to the conversation. Um, However, you know, this show is all about my two cents, right? And I was definitely following this very, very closely. Um, The, they couldn't even call it a submarine. They called it a submersible, you know, this vessel that this, this crew created to go and explore the Titanic wreckage. Um, You know, by this point, we know that they didn't survive, Um, It wasn't as dramatic as we all kind of thought as we were following along, um, but still very tragic. Um, I I mean, it's just so crazy how fast news spreads and how quickly something can, you know, rush to the forefront of the news circuit because, you know, I had no idea that this, like, you know, expedition was about to take place. had no idea who any of these men were had really no idea about the company, you know, that the the guy was, you know, um, I don't know if he was CEO or the owner or both or whatever, but I had no idea about Ocean, it was like Ocean Gate, I guess. And, you know, I, I really didn't realize that people still went down to view the wreckage. I feel like there's only so much footage of it you're gonna get, and we have plenty you know and they can send unmanned vessels down there now to get footage i mean if i'm curious about what's down there i can literally log on to youtube and you know see much more than you know these men were gonna see even if they made it down to where they were trying to go so i mean in case you've been living under a rock these five men there were uh two billionaires you know, businessmen, one of the billionaire's sons was on board. He was 19. Um, and then the owner of the company, Ocean Gate, was on board. And then I believe there was another gentleman who was also on board um, who was, like, I guess, helping, you know, man the vessel and, like, you know, help with the exploration and, you know, just all that stuff. So this... <laughs> This vessel, you know, and why they can't really call it a submarine is because it was basically makeshift, you know, it, it was kind of made out of just random parts. It wasn't like, you know, government regulated. It was kind of experimental. Some of the equipment and the parts literally came from a camping store, <laughs> Um, the, the, there was a lot of jokes, you know, about the, the way the vessel was controlled. It was controlled with a Logitech gaming controller, something you can literally get on Amazon right now. And I checked and I think it's like 20% off at that. 
and it was just it was a death trap is basically what it was and you know there were contracts involved that these men they all signed um you know this document that included the word death three times within its contents and they signed off on this i guess they knew the risks and they were just willing to go do it now that's mind-boggling to me because number one it was $250,000 to get on board this thing. <laughs> These men have like all this disposable income and for whatever reason, they wanted to go and see this site where all these people died a hundred something years ago. And it's just crazy because it's like, it's not like this is a groundbreaking exploration. It's been done many, many, many times. James Cameron himself did it over 30 times (laughs) and you know so I don't know why this was like such a urgent thing for them to do you know given all the risks that were involved and to be paying that much money it's like you know a quarter of a quarter of a million dollars but I guess you know the people who are that wealthy that's chump change this girl kind of put it into perspective with like you know the average income of like you know an American um, and she kind of did like all this long division or whatever, and it kind of works out to $250,000 to someone like them is like 10 bucks to the average person. You know, that's like a very, that's like half an Uber ride, <laughs> like really close. It's, it, it was really nothing to them, I guess, you know, um, and they, they paid all this money to, to go and do this. And it's, it's like, you see the footage of, you know what it looked like on the inside it was very cramped there was a makeshift toilet there was only one visible window you know for all of them to be into the sense the cylinder essentially they said it was about the size of a minivan and obviously you know when you think of like a submarine type thing it's, it's a cylinder and so they're all <laughs> sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor with their backs against this curved edge or huddled you know up against each other they couldn't wear shoes inside they were discouraged to eat a whole lot but to bring a snack with them and you know they were gonna basically go down there and view the wreckage on screens that was the crazy thing it's not like this thing was made of glass or had like windows on either side where they could really get a good look it's like they were gonna go all the way down to the depths of the ocean to look at (laughs) the Titanic on a screen inside of that vessel and I just I can't see the appeal in that and a lot of people are just like this is I mean such a pointless accident to happen you know and when they first went missing that's when I first heard about it you know Um, in the late hours of Father's Day on Sunday, um, you know, first it went missing. And for the next few days, it was like this ticking clock because they were saying, well, we can't find any evidence of it. So maybe they're still down there. Maybe they've bobbed up to the surface um, and we just can't locate them because it's like a big white vessel. It's kind of hard to spot in the waves of the ocean. And, you know, people were just speculating what could have happened. And, you know, it's crazy because I also read that this this contraption was bolted from the outside. So when people were giving their their own two cents about what they think could have happened, 
you know, first they were saying, oh, you know, they're just down there. They probably got stuck on like the bow of the Titanic and they can't reverse or go forward. So they're just kind of like a sitting duck down there. Others were saying, you know, maybe they got swept up by a current and then got stuck somewhere else. Some were saying, you know, they could just be bobbing on the surface somewhere and we can't find them. And they're just like running out of air and they can't escape because someone else from the outside, you know, and this is a huge flaw in the design of this thing. Someone from the outside has to unbolt it. So it's just all these things, <laughs> you know, that, that are, you know, just being told on the news and, you know, they kind of painted this picture of these five men in there just completely suffering until the last bit of oxygen runs out. So at the time when the news broke, they had like 96 hours of oxygen between them all. And, you know, it, it was just slowly running out. <laughs> so you, you think about these men, they're down there, it's pitch black, it's freezing cold, you know, they're hearing all these crazy, strange ocean sounds from all the creatures that barely see the light of day, if at all, and, you know, they're probably hungry and dehydrated, there's no real toilet, you know, they could be getting sick, so you imagine them, you know, vomiting everywhere, defecating, just, you know, whatever, just, you know, things happen when you're sick and, you know, or they're just very nervous and afraid and that can also cause you to be sick. So you think about all that happening inside in these cramped tight quarters and you're just either waiting to be found or waiting to like take your last breath and, you know, don't let them be panicking inside of that because that can make the oxygen go even quicker so they're kind of painting this picture all week um, of, of how disastrous this really was. And, you know, then it, it kind of turned out, not kind of, it did turn out that they actually imploded on their way down. Like they weren't even halfway to where they were trying to go before the pressure started building up. And I read that they it's likely that they got some kind of a notification that this was happening and they tried to correct it by uh, I don't know if there's like if there was like extra weight that they could drop or if there was like some kind of mechanism they could work to where they could start going back to the top whatever it was they engaged that um but it was just too late so basically with the pressure and everything the whole thing just like vacuum together like if you crush a soda can and you know when something like that happens it's basically you're you get vaporized um you're just you're just vapor in the ocean there's no chance of recovering bodies I mean it's like you're liquefied and that sounds I can't even I can't even fathom like I've read it I've heard it you know I it just that's just a crazy way to go. But when the alternative is like slowly suffocating, I guess that's the best of the worst case scenarios for them because it was instant. And I guess when it implodes like that, it's like, you know, less than a nanosecond, you know, their brain can't even register what's happening. It's just, it's painless, it's quick. And, you know, the, the suffering we thought that they were going through all week, it, it, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. 
now I feel most I don't know if that's wrong to say but I, I do I feel most uh, sad about the the young teenage boy that was there with his dad because I read that he had some reservations about going he was kind of afraid to go but he wanted to spend time with his dad and make his dad happy on Father's Day and it's just tragic that they both perished in this way and he had these you know hesitations before going in I mean it's kind of bittersweet because I mean he wanted to please his dad so I'm kind of thinking maybe they had a good relationship and they were close because he wanted to do this for him on you know Father's Day but I think it's grossly irresponsible of the father to you know get his son to do something like this like I can never <laughs> imagine having my child sign off on something that includes death in its contents three separate times and like there's like a laundry risks risk of risks a laundry a laundry list of risks say that 10 times fast <laughs> um I, I just I would never do that I wouldn't have my worst enemy sign anything like that that's just insane to me and I really feel for you know that that kid's mother and I think he has another sibling as well um those are the survivor surviving family members of those two um you know everybody else like I said it is very tragic um but you know they weren't coerced or anything and I think sometimes people are so wealthy they just have nothing else to do and you know they get these opportunities and they just they just jump at them because it's like I mean honestly what else are you gonna do when you have billions and billions of dollars you know you're gonna try to do stuff that other you know regular man can't do <laughs> you know just to just to just to say you can just to say you did it um so it is unfortunate what's also unfortunate is all of all of the memes and the jokes now I mean I'm sure I've carved out a little corner of hell for myself this week you know it, I've seen but you know this is before it was determined whether they were found or dead or not if they were alive um there was just a lot of crazy memes and it's like we can't even take tragedy seriously anymore and I wonder why that is you know I feel like there's like a, I don't know, like we're almost like immune to it. Um, you know, you hear bad news and it's like the jokes just start writing themselves, you know, and it's, I'm not going to lie, a lot of it was really, really funny. I mean, now that I know that they absolutely did perish, it's, it's not so funny anymore. Um, but I know a lot of people are, you know, on that hashtag eat the rich kind of a vibe right now, and they don't really feel bad for them at all. Um, I still feel bad because a loss of life is a loss of life. Um, but I can kind of see where some people are going from, uh, coming from, and just the whole spectacle of everything, like, the search and rescue efforts cost so much money, more than it cost for these men to go on board this thing. This was a willing expedition. And, you know, in their arrogance and in their, you know, quest to prove something or whatever it is they were trying to do with this, 
you know, they, they just cost so much money and time and effort and stress and resource to try to recover them. And it was all for naught. And, you know, it, the, like all the media, everything was just focused on this. And there's a lot of more, I'm sorry, a lot more pressing things going on in the world. Just like a week or two before that, um, that boat that had like over 700 refugees and migrants on board, um, it, it, it basically sank. <laughs> and only 150 people, I think it's 150 or 100 and something, you know, only they were found alive. And I don't see our government or anybody else rushing to help find those people. It's kind of like, oh, you know, well. But of course, that's a huge issue, you know, in and of itself. But it's like these five rich people, (laughs) you know, all the resources were teamed up and brought together and dispersed quickly, you know, quicker than the damn Justice League (laughs) to go and try to rescue them. And, you know, then it gets leaked out that it's possible that it was known that they imploded within like four hours of of their descent and it's kind of strange because it's like okay well why would they waste all this money and time and effort if it was already known that they didn't survive already so it's just a lot of weird things and then when stuff like this happens I always just wonder if this is a cover-up for something else I mean just last week it was like you know, they're basically telling us that aliens are among us. And now it's like this whole thing that's like a huge distraction. So I don't know, you know, and but it, it's just been a really strange week and it didn't feel weird. I'm real. It felt like a Black Mirror episode, like a Twilight Zone episode where, you know, literally I saw a um, someone was recording in their state. I don't know what state it was, but they were watching like. It wasn't CNN, but it was maybe like their major news um, channel and the regular news was was being talked about. But in the corner, it had a countdown of how many um, hours the, the vessel had left of oxygen. I mean, it is literally counting down like it was the goddamn Dick Clark rocking New Year's Eve. And it was like, this isn't real, you know, and I think there was like I said, Thinking about the teenager kept it real for me, brought me back down to reality. Um, I saw this really heartfelt post. Um, The other billionaire, his son is like 12 or something, and he posted a really heartfelt thing for his father. And you could tell he really looked up to him and respected him and loved him, and that makes it definitely more real. Um, I don't want to laugh in the face of this just because you know, they have a lot of money, you know, I think this was 100% preventable, obviously. Um, and they brought it on themselves. There's really no one else to blame here. It was like, it's just a senseless, (laughs) it's just five senseless deaths, you know, and that young kid just gone too soon. He barely lived any life. And to go in that way, it's just, I mean, it's just very, very sad, you know, but this, this week was very tense. I mean, I was hanging out with Blue this week and we're like eating dinner 
And I'm just like, yeah, the, I mean, I could not stop talking about it to save my life. It was like anybody who would listen this week, I'm like, did you hear about the, the submarine? Did you hear like they only have this much oxygen left? Like they only, you know, it, it was just so much happening. And then and then amongst all of this, there's drama coming from the uh, stepson of someone who was on the on the vessel um he was tweeting while everything was going on saying that um you know he was going he was at a blink 182 concert and how his dad would have wanted him to go and people were like clapping back at him and he was like well what else am I supposed to do am I supposed to just sit at home and and cry and you know and mourn and blah 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 and people were like well yeah <laughs> you know, like if my mom or anyone was in that situation, I wouldn't be able to think, let alone be at a concert saying, where are you? Like what? And then it got weirder and more out of hand because Cardi B posted a video condemning this kid for being basically, you know, kind of heartless about it and just re- kind of reprimanding him like, dude, like, why would you? You know, why would you post like that? Why would you be so insincere um, and uncaring for what's going on with your dad? And then he clapped back at her, calling her like washed up. And she was using him for clout and his family's time of need. And it was just, again, it just felt very unreal to see these things unfold. And it was giving very much this kid like just freshly got written into this guy's will. And he was just waiting for you know, the government to just call it. (laughs) And that's also very, very strange. But this guy's son, I'll give you some tea. The stepson, I want to be clear, his name is Brian Zaz. I could be saying that wrong. It's S-Z-A-S-Z. So he has like a mini laundry list of just BS in his life, you know, all on his own, like apart from this situation. And I didn't even hear about any of this, but of course people are going to be digging things up, but he's definitely a creep and a weirdo. So him going to a concert and kind of seemingly taking all of this kind of lightly is kind of, it just seems like it's very on brand for him. So these are like four major things that have gone on in his life. And he did mention when he was clapping back at people that, you know, he couldn't go to the location where his stepfather was to like, you know, wait for him to be found because he has some legal issues keeping him where he was and blah, 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 blah. So yeah. So apparently um, he threatened to kill a girl that he met on Twitter at a concert. I don't know who trilogy is, but there was a trilogy concert um, I guess both of them were going to be attending and they got into a Twitter exchange um, and she wasn't really feeling him and he basically threatened her like, yeah, well, you can show up at uh, the trilogy concert. You know, you better watch out. I'll get you. Like he basically threatened to kill her. So he also, after this interaction, tattooed a portrait of this same girl on his forearm. He had, he's never met her. They just met online, met on Twitter, briefly exchanged, you know, conversation, and he completely went off the rails. Um, In a separate situation, he threatened to mass shoot an entire EDM concert online. So, I mean, the fact that he was at another concert (laughs) during all this, you know, he doesn't seem mentally stable. And it's just insane that he's not in jail. But now that I see his money connections, 
I guess it's not so surprising, right? Um, another thing that I read that he's lied about relationships with multiple women on Twitter using their real names as well as their Twitter handles. So he's just, you know, going on a lying rampage online. Um, and it, and it, it just, it's involving women, women he's never met. And I mean, just the fact that all this stuff is like being unearthed during this week when his stepfather is literally dead again it just feels very it just feels like we're in the twilight zone um but this guy is a a freaking creep and i hope he wasn't in that guy's will (laughs) because or hope he's like you know at the bottom in the fine print because a guy like that doesn't need access to a whole bunch of money i'll tell you that much there's been a lot of talk this week about you know the one percent and you know those who have just amounts of money that you can't even fathom, you know, where they could probably literally like just burn money and just have much more to spare and more money coming in, more money than they can do, you know, anything with in their lifetime. I read that Elon Musk, okay, he's one of the wealthiest people. Um, I believe he went to the UN and he literally, on his own, of his own volition, he went to the UN and he asked about how much would it take to end world hunger? Like, if you could put a price on it, you know, and we could end it and make sure everyone on the planet had enough to eat, how much would that cost? And they told him $4 billion. He was like, hmm, okay. He didn't do it. But he did buy Twitter for $44 billion. And let that sink in. On one hand, it was in world hunger. And the other, buy Twitter and run it into the ground. And it's shit like that. <laughs> That made people, some people, not even bad an eye when they heard about a bunch of wealthy men. Men, by the way, at the bottom of the ocean. And that's why some are saying, eat the rich. And the ocean took that as a challenge. Too soon? Shifting gears here, people. I want to talk about Jonathan Majors. The most disappointing Negro on the planet right now. (laughs) And that is so hard for me to say because we all know that I was pretty much falling in love with him just a few short months ago. And then he got tangled up in some mess that we still don't know you know, all the facts and the truth about, um, you know, in case you forgot, he is currently (sighs) about to go to trial for, um, an assault allegation on him, um, involving his, um, I'm assuming it's his ex now since he's moved on, but, um, his ex-girlfriend at the time, and it was like an altercation that happened may have happened in or out of a cab in new york like we're not sure you know it looks bad on his on his part 
his um, lawyers really dropped the ball. They released a lot of things they shouldn't have that just increased the speculation and increased his um, his guilt. And um, yeah, but at this point, it's just got to be um, taken through the court of law. So he had his first court appearance this week um, where they gave him his uh, trial date. And I believe it's sometime in August of this year. Um, but he showed up to court with his new woman, Megan Good. She's a fellow actress. And, you know, I've been hearing that they've been together and they started being spotted out together and stuff recently. And this is just like the sloppiest PR move, I believe, um, I've seen in a long time. I can see the picture they're trying to paint, you know, here. It's like, you know, a black woman sticking by this black man's side. It looks good. The optics look good, I guess. You know, like, how can this guy be, um, you know, a woman abuser? This woman is entering in a new relationship with him. And, you know, it's kind of trying to quiet the talk about how he likes to ski the slopes. <laughs> I hope that means dating white women and not doing cocaine. I'm really not sure. I think it means dealing with snow bunnies, yes? Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> But basically, I think it's a distraction because, you know, people were starting to catch on that he had an affinity for white women. And, you know, as a black man, that's like, you know, one of the worst things you can do, right? Especially if you want to keep your black fan base. So anyway, she shows up with him in court and she's looking fab. I'll give her that. You know, she's holding his hand. They're strutting together inside and it's just like this big like photo op blitz right but what is alarming is how he's dressed okay he someone put it so eloquently on tiktok they said it was sharecropper chic i'll take it a step further he looked like an overseer he is wearing this brown sack is the only way I can think to describe it. I mean, really, it's like burlap, it looks like. It's this brown, it's not a suit by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a suit he has on. It's like, it's like trousers, loose-fitting, ill-fitting trousers and like a, like, a, like a linen jacket, it looks like. And it's not ironed, it's wrinkly. It looks like he just rolled out of bed he you know he's always been like a more eclectic dresser like he often wears things that are oversized they're very cropped around the ankle they're like kind of odd you know he definitely has always you know walked to the beat of his own drum fashion wise he's he gives me the vibe of like he dresses himself like Maybe he has people around him that kind of pull pieces they think he'll like and he'll go from there or he'll just pull from his own closet. Um, but he definitely isn't like, you know, wearing Armani and like whatever, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be on anybody's like best dress list. And that was fine. It was quirky. You know, they like to joke about how he like never goes to the barber because his hair is never like edged up. It's kind of, you know, but I don't like to talk about black people and their hair and just wearing it in its natural state because there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But that's these are just things that people have said about him in the past. Like, you know, he just kind of looks 
I don't know, like not a celebrity. And it was kind of charming, but I'm kind of now it just kind of feels like it's just been like this deliberate thing. Like he's trying to be so anti Hollywood and be so unique and whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. But the way he's presenting himself in court, it it's just very because typically you go to court, you're going to wear a suit. You want to be professional. You want to, you know, look like you're taking the situation seriously and you're putting your best foot forward before the judge. Now, the trial hasn't happened. This was just like, I guess, a court date hearing. Um, But the way he showed up, it just seems very, what's the word? Orchestrated, I guess. It's very deliberate. He's definitely trying to paint a very specific picture here he he looks like he's trying to play this card of wronged black man and he's it's like i don't know it's it's giving like civil rights vibe i don't i can't explain it like if you've seen him in, um, what's that movie or that show, uh, Lovecraft County Country, I always forget if it's county or country, where it's like set back in the day, like in the 40s, the 50s or whatever, like it's giving that kind of a vibe, but just sloppy and just way too intentional and obvious and in your face, you know, and then to show up with this black woman on your arm, it's like he's really just trying to give this illusion of like you know I I didn't do a massive like I don't know like it just gives me this really weird just this really weird vibe and I never looked at him this way like even with everything going on like obviously it kind of it, it kind of tarnished my opinion of him just the fact that he's even caught up in this mess but this very like this it just seems like a circus at this point to parade around with this new relationship it's like suddenly you're dating a black woman why it's Megan good I have no idea I don't even know where they would have met between then and now um I think it's very it's there's like a puppeteer here at work the way that they're holding hands and she's rubbing his back and being like, you know, this shoulder to lean on in this trying time. And of course the internet is split, right? You got half the people say, Oh, that's really good. She's there to support her man. Um, you know, if, if she wasn't there to support him, you guys would have something to say. And it's like, if she wants, if this is an authentic relationship and she wants to support him, there are ways to do it without being in direct sight of the paparazzi. She doesn't necessarily have to be there. This wasn't a trial yet. This is just the hearing. So it just seems very forced and in our face, like they're trying to create this narrative and shove this narrative down our throat. Now, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to here because it's like, you know, I feel like Megan Good, her being a black woman, it's very like, hey, you know, this isn't a, you know, about me being a black man dating a white woman like all day I did everybody blah 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 so it doesn't look as bad and then I think just in general him being in a relationship makes him look 
um, nicer, makes him look less likely to have hit a woman if a woman is supporting him through this. And then just the clothes, how they're they're baggy and you can't really see his physique inside of this outfit. He's very jacked right now, coming off of Creed, coming off of filming that movie uh, Magazine Dreams, where he's literally a bodybuilder. It's like they're trying to soften him. They're trying to make him look less menacing, less threatening. And it's just it's just all so puppeteered. And I hate that. It doesn't come across as innocent and humble to me. It seems very fake and phony. And it's leaving a very bad taste in my mouth. And I hate that because I have really been holding on to like the last shreds of hope that I have here that he's going to come out glowing on the other side of this. But if this is like the first step in what's probably going to be a lengthy trial, I don't know how this is going to go because it's already starting off on a bullshit note, if you ask me. And yes, I will be watching closely. Like I said, the date for the trial was set for August. So be ready for those episodes because I'm going to be, I mean, damn, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in that courtroom, but I'll take what I can get as far as news sources are concerned. But I, I almost forgot about him until he was parading around with Megan Good this week. Um, but it is a stark reminder of everything that happened just a few months ago and how quickly his his star rose and fell, you know, and for something so, so ridiculous, you know. I am very interested to see how this is going to go. And I'm wondering, I just feel like any more like just ridiculous things like this that come up it's just going to be like the nail in the coffin for me on like my affection for him <laughs> you know my respect for him as, as an actor and a man you know so we'll see if I get pushed over the edge or if I'm able to be reeled back in you know we'll have to we'll have to see which way it goes but either way you guys will have to tune in for that <laughs> You know, this week has just been particularly mentally draining. <laughs> you know, there's just so much like tragedy and death and violence and, you know, just stupid stuff, you know, going on in the news. We're just exposed to so much. You hear about those kids that uh, looted and destroyed the McDonald's in Lamert Park here in L.A. Uh, on Juneteenth. You know, you listen to the video footage of, you know, them destroying everything. And it's like hordes of kids in this McDonald's. And if you close your eyes, it literally sounds like Planet of the Apes. And I'm not trying to be funny. And I know that's bad because obviously they're black. I won't say obviously, but they were black at this Juneteenth celebration. But that's exactly what it sounded like. They were just wild and just uncontrolled and just destroying for the sake of destroying and stuff like that gets pushed in the media so you see that it's disappointing you know the stupid irrelevant dumb celebrity news that we keep hearing you know some of it's entertaining but a lot of it is just like who freaking cares you know the submarine stuff all the terrible things going on with like the immigrants and you know all the crazy political stuff 
environmental things. I mean, we're just now getting sun in LA, you know, global warming really kept winter through mid June here in LA, which is completely abnormal. And I feel like my, like my nervous system is just on overload these days from just all that we're, we're privy to all this negative energy in the world. It's like at the palm of our hand and it's in real time and it's nonstop. And I'm not saying that bad things and crazy things, you know, are only happening now. But again, it's just everything is just so much more visible and things go viral really quickly and things are sensationalized and media and all that. They only focus on the negative stuff for the most part. You have to actively seek out the positivity. I, I, I am constantly revamping my feeds on like Instagram and, and, and stuff because I'm trying to unfollow people who just post the same just negative things, you know, and I'm trying to streamline and and only have, you know, the media I tune into be you know, things that benefit me mentally, you know, something that can teach me something, something that brightens my mood, livens my spirit, um, things like that. Some stuff is just a little unavoidable because it is very, very viral and it's like the number one trending thing in the world. But even then, like I'll sometimes I'll have to just put my phone down or I'll have to, you know, click on it and say, okay, I'm not interested in this anymore because it gets to be too much. And I mean, you can really get burnt out. <laughs> and I think, you know, it, it, I would just, this is something that I'm trying to be more mindful of, just really paying attention to what I'm consuming because it, it seems like it's just, you know, in one ear and out the other. But I think it really does take a toll after a while. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to start trying to implement some, uh, social media breaks, nothing major. Like I know some people like to like deactivate their stuff and, you know, go hide for a little while and they like announce it and all that. But I mean, just, just a little bit at a time daily, you know? And, um, that's, that's really why I like TikTok so much because I feel like it's not so, it's not so barbaric over there, at least with my feed, you know, and it's very tailored to you. But whenever I venture out into Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it's just the wild, wild west. And it's, it's, it's very stressful and not enjoyable, you know? So, uh, this week I'm just praying and hoping for just more positivity just just seeing some more good things being done in the world I feel like I need my faith restored you know and um so I hope that next week is a good week for everybody you know and I wish positivity and light on all of you thanks so much for tuning in this week I'm gonna wrap it up right here I'm going to drink some tea and just read a book and just be kind of quiet on this Saturday night. <laughs> All right. I'll check y'all out next week. Bye.
Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.